When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Ironcast. We've got an extra special co-host for you this week. Let me run you through her CV. Former record appearance holder in the WSL. Scorer of the first goal in the WSL. Former England Lioness. Former West Ham captain. Former West Ham Women's Player of the Year. Welcome back to her spiritual home, Jilly Flaherty. Thanks for having me back. Does it feel good to be back? Yeah, it does. It does, it does feel like home, I think. Just walking into a training ground again. Um, just first time being back here since I left. Yeah, it just feels yeah, it just feels at home. How did you feel that day you left? I can't imagine. You were such a big part of the club. You still are, but you were such a big part of the club at the time. You must have been so emotional leaving West Ham that day, last time you were here. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Um, and I think it was because I wasn't able to tell anyone. So it was sort of my contract was running out. Um, there wasn't a new contract on the table. And I still had to go and play against Arsenal at home um, last game of the season. And I remember at the final whistle, if you look back at footage, like I'm hugging all the players, but I'm literally sobbing. Players are crying. Go over to the fans. Obviously, you see my family there. Fans are like, why is she crying? Because I'm literally <laughs> having a breakdown. Um, <laughs> and it was really hard because I couldn't, I couldn't tell nobody. Um, and then it got released that night, which I was a bit gutted about, really, because I would have liked to have said goodbye to, to the fans, um, especially. But football, it, it, that's how it is. You know, you move on. Um, and unfortunately, I had to move on. But I left on good terms. So of course you did. Look, you're on Ironcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm able to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be chatting in this episode with uh, Rianne Skinner, who's the first female women's manager of West Ham United. And West Ham's WSL journey began back in 2018. We got WSL status back then. And West Ham said, we want to make some marquee signings. And they went down the transfer market and they selected Jilly Flaherty. <laughs> you were the first, there was a group of you that came in at the same time uh, as West Ham tried to kind of establish, establish themselves in the WSL. Can you tell me about that time and what it meant to sign for West Ham and join this exciting project? Yeah, so I was at Chelsea at the time. Um, and yeah, sorry, I have to say that name. <laughs> But I was at Chelsea at the time and I weren't playing. I'd come back from a quad injury and I just couldn't get back into the team. And I remember um, there was talk about West Ham potentially getting um, a place in the WSL. And I thought, oh, that's handy because West Ham are like near home as well, short distance to training. So I thought, oh, I might be able to nick a move. And then I thought, oh, I heard that uh, Beardy was potentially going to be the manager and I'd always got on with Beardy as well. So I thought, oh, I could potentially move um, move clubs. And then obviously then Chelsea finished. And I remember my agent rang and said we'd had a, an offer um, from West Ham. And then I spoke to Jack uh, Sullivan and spoke to Beardy. And I come over to hear the training ground, sat down with them, had a little tour. Um, and I just made up my mind that I wanted to go. I was excited by the new challenge because we just got promoted or just got out into the into the WSL. 
Um, and there was a real, real plan in place. They were, weren't just here to make up numbers. They wanted to compete. And I was then told, listen, from Beardy, obviously we, you'd like to, us to be captain. Um, and so for me, I was just like, I wanted to make it my home. I'd always been a committed player, but to, I think, have that belief and support from the club um, to bring me here and to give me the captaincy as well. I knew how much of a huge honour that would have been. Um, and I was just excited to get stuck in. And the West Ham women's team goes... We we developed so fast, so quickly that first season, like get into the WSL. And by the end of that first season, you're in the Women's FA Cup final at Wembley. You're captain. How did it feel to lead the team out of Wembley? It must have been such an unimaginably like, brilliant experience. Yeah, because the a little story, the year before I'd got there with Chelsea um, in the FA Cup final and I was on the bench and I didn't come on. And I, it's the first FA Cup final since I was like 15, 16 when I was at Arsenal. The first one that I hadn't played in. Um, and not playing in that game meant that I missed out on, even if I played the rest of the games for Chelsea that season, missed out on me making 100 appearances for Chelsea. So I was like, I was gutted about that anyway. And I remember sitting in the bar afterwards with my dad and my mum and that. And I said to my dad, um, I'm telling you this now. I'm, when I leave this club at the end of this season, I'm coming back here with my new club. And I'm going to be leading them out. And my dad was like, listen, girl, like you, you can go and do it. Like, And then I, so when we beat Reading in the semi-final, obviously I went on BBC um, and I was crying on live telly. Oh, it's so embarrassing. But I was crying, but because I knew this story. Um, and for us, in our first year as a professional team to make the FA Cup final. And when you watch the FA Cup final, obviously they do the draw live on telly. And every game we got, I was like, we're gonna we're gonna get the lowest ranked team. And we did. Every game we we done, we got the lowest ranked team aside from ourselves. And I said, listen, we're gonna get to the cup final. Didn't matter about the result, <laughs> Batman City, whatever that result was, for us to get there, sort of we, we didn't have we had a, a steady season in the league, but for us to get there as the first year as a professional team, oh, I was so emotional walking out. I had like hairs and stood up, the fans were singing. It was just an incredible experience. And we've spent the last few years, now obviously that was like the 2019 Women's FA Cup final. We've spent, West Ham have spent the last few years really establishing themselves as a WSL force. And it feels like every year the club gets stronger and the women's team gets stronger. How have you found the journey the last few years? Obviously you, you left for Liverpool not so long ago and now you're retired. But how, how do you see the progress of West Ham women's over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I was there, obviously, it grew every year. Um, I mean, we had a couple of difficult seasons where we was fighting relegation, um, but it everything improved off the pitch, you know, and you know, ultimately, it's just going to be a matter of time before that comes onto the pitch. But yeah, obviously, then I, obviously I left, um, but I was always checking West Ham's results, even when I'd left, and it was nice to see, see the girls um, playing against them and that, but... Yeah, I would always took notice, obviously, and even retiring still, I always will look out for West Ham's results and see how they got on because, obviously, I care a lot about the club, but I've still got a lot of friends here who play for the team. Um, and I think as well the fact of that I was captain and there's a lot of history, even in those four years we created so much history, that there's a huge part of my career that I owe to West Ham. So, yeah, I just want West Ham to be higher up in the league. That's all I hope because the size of the club, where it is, the fan base, the support, it deserves to be uh, in the, at least in the top half of the table consistently. And I can say this, I think the years you were here, you were our best player. And in fact, that was, you got hammer of the year 
Uh, you were hammering the year on your final season too. So, I mean, personally, it felt like you made this your home. Like, did did you? Would you say that West Ham got some of your best years? Yeah, a million percent. They got my more mature years as such. <laughs> um, but I think it was the first club. I'd been vice-captain at Arsenal. I'd been vice-captain at Chelsea. It was the first club that really put a lot of faith in me as a player. And, you know, I just felt like it was my own. I felt like it was my project too. Um, and I'd always said that. And I, mean, I used to joke before I retired that I said, like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be the manager. And I, I always felt such a love for the club that I would... Like you see, like former players get back involved in teams. I always thought if there was any club that I could feel really attached to, um, it would be West Ham. And I think I'd like to think that fans and, and people who who knew me in my time here at the club that I was a player who give everything, and I, that was on and off the pitch as well. And obviously, I hope that was reflected in my performances. And it needs to be reflected with a statue outside the Chigwell Construction yeah, Stadium. I'll or have to double check though what it looks like because. <laughs> I've seen some pictures in programs before with me playing and they are dodgy. So <laughs> um, um, We've got Rianne Skinner on this episode, the first, first female West Ham women's manager. And uh, just a quick word on her and her experience. I think it's so great that West Ham have her at the helm, what she's achieved in the women's game and her experience across Arsenal, with the England setup, Wales as well, and more recently Spurs, which we won't dwell on. Um, <laughs> but how, <laughs> how massive is it for for West Ham to get someone like Rianne Skinner as manager? Yeah, it's huge. And obviously, I, I mean, I worked with Rianne when I was a young pup at Arsenal. Um, she was my assistant manager. Um, and so she's got a lot of experience, but she knows um, about bringing the winning mentality to a club. And I do think that the, part, I mean, the last year or so has been difficult for West Ham women um, on the pitch and in regards to results. And they've got a lot of good players. And I think their league position and results over the last 12 months or so really hasn't reflected the players that they've got at the club. Um, and I think with her, she knows how to get the best out of players. So I'm excited to... I always get excited, I think, anyway, when a new manager comes in because, you know, they sort of... They bring their own DNA to the club and... You can have the same set of players and have a completely different manager and you can get completely different results. And it's about getting the best out of your players ultimately at the end of the day. So it's an exciting time for, for West Ham women to have her at the helm. Yes, it is exciting. Let's meet her, West Ham's first female women's manager, Rianne Skinner. Here she is. Our guest this week is West Ham women's first ever female manager. Welcome to Ironcast, Rianne Skinner. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want to say a few words about Jilly Flaherty, what she means to West Ham, what she means to the WSL? I don't actually know where to start because Jilly and I worked together at Arsenal as well. So I know that's probably a swear word around here, but um, <laughs> but we did. And um, so, yeah, no, obviously, you know, with the things that she's achieved in the league over the years, it's just such a massive achievement for anybody. And, you know, obviously hammers through and through, right? So, yeah, no, it's, it's, good, to, it's good to meet up again. Yeah, lovely stuff. So, Rianne, you've been here a few months now. Is it a few months? Two, three? Um, something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what month is it now? Um, how have you found it? How have you found it? You start your time at West Ham. 
Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, in terms of when I came in, it was slightly into pre-season and it was a little bit chaotic, you know, trying to get everyone back. We had people away um, at the World Cup as well. And so, you know, at the start of pre-season, it always takes a little bit of time to kind of adjust when you're trying to implement new things, um, getting to know the staff, the club, the way that things work already. And then you're obviously trying to figure out ways that you can impact the th the area, the club the most, you know. So um, it's been great getting to know everybody. I I think everybody at the club's been really helpful, clearly wants the women's team to keep stepping forwards and, and driving things up in terms of the WSL. Um, and yeah, we've we've started quite positively and it's a process and it's a journey, but we're yeah, we're really happy with how we're getting on. Yeah, so we've had a pre-season, the start of the season, but Jilly, you're retired now. I am. How, how are you finding it? I'm loving it. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I mean, I've not, um, I've not been in the gym since January. Which is at all, not yeah, all. heaven. I've not run. <laughs> I ran for a train the other day, and I was struggling. But no, I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I think um, most weekends I'm covering games in the WSL, so I'm probably watching a lot more football than what I ever did as a player. Um, but it's nice because now I can go into them games sort of as a neutral, and there's mm. not the pressure of if a result don't go our way, I can go home and I can sleep well compared to when I was a player. Oh, sounds good. Um, Rihanna, I wonder if we could start by like getting a bit of your career history because you've achieved so much in the women's game, co-founding uh, the Leicester City women's team back in 2004, and you've worked with England at all levels. Could you give us a little oversight of your kind of your CV so far? I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It's been, you know, the women's game's changed so much in all of that time frame. I've been in it for over 20 years now. So when you think back to, you'd have paid to play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you think back to two sessions a week, under floodlights, eight o'clock at night, freezing rain, paying to play. I bought a kit van just for context when I was at Leicester to be able to actually transport all of the equipment back and forth. That was kind of like something that just happened at that time. So you know, in terms of the things that I was involved with then, I've always really been involved in elite football um, on the girls' side of things with Centre of Excellence programmes, regional talent centres, they're called now, um, so the youth development pathway. But yeah, starting Leicester was really a vision of that I wanted the players to have a pathway all the way through. There was nothing really to aspire to from a women's team perspective. So spent 11 years really building that at Leicester and obviously really pleased that they're performing in the WSL now. Um, from there, I went to Arsenal. So I worked with Laura Harvey at England and she approached me about going to Arsenal when unfortunately we were unsuccessful actually in the bidding process for the WSL at Leicester the first time round. Um, that's where obviously I started working with Jilly and the team that we had there was superb really. I mean, we won the treble in the inaugural season of the Super League. So that was a major achievement. A big step for me actually as well, just in terms of the amount of um, senior internationals. Once, I don't know if you'll remember this, but we were playing Wolfsburg in the Champions League in the semi-final, uh, quarter-final of the Champions League. And we added up all of the senior international caps of all the people in the Arsenal squad. And it was over 500, way more than what Wolfsburg was. And we we we'd never an English team had never beaten a German women's team, and there was definitely a bit of a fear factor in that squad at Arsenal as well, which was like you know just beat everybody was never scared of anyone, and it was the first time yeah that we'd actually beaten a German team, so that's a huge. I always remember that because the amount of the lengths that we went to to try and kind of help everybody to be ready and not fearful of that was was quite a big thing, and from there I moved abroad. We still weren't 
full-time from a coaching perspective here. And I just wanted to be on the grass all the time. I love being on the grass. I love working with players. And so that took me abroad for a bit. The league developed a bit more, came back. It was professional, as, as in more professional jobs from a coaching perspective. So when I came back, I worked with Jane Ludlow at Wales, um, then went back to England, worked with, with England all my career at different age groups. But um, yeah, then when I went back to England, then evolved into working with Phil Neville with the seniors and Tottenham job and here and that's kind of, it's just been a whirlwind really. But yeah, great, great it's, fun. It's amazing with your CV. Not like now that it feels like there's a women's game for, for people to get in, for women to get into, you kind of created it. There was not, when, like you say, you start your career 20 years ago, you're buying the kit van, you're having to like, you're almost like creating the game that you're now involved with. You must be so proud of how far it's come. Do you know, it was, uh, I got to say when, when England won the Euros, it's quite emotional for a lot of people, I think, just because of how much had gone into that, just even being possible because the amount of people behind the scenes that have like battled down with barriers and jumped hurdles and knocked on doors. And the women's game for a long time has, has been, uh, do you mind if we have this? Can we please have that? Can we, you know, it's like, yeah. right, Julie. I mean, it was just, you're forever almost having to ask. And now we're kind of getting to a stage where actually it's, you know, it's a professional sport, but it's acknowledged. I know that sounds crazy, but it's acknowledged. So you're not having to sort of beg, steal and borrow for actual performance measures, the same things that enable the players to be performing at the top of their game. And even that is like a massive step forward um, that you don't, you're, you kind of, we're unapologetic about it now, which we absolutely should be, you know, the game's evolved. And um, and for, for years and years and years, the amount of no's and doors shut and things like that and perception of female coaches, female players and all of that, you know, I mean, I've got a million and one stories that are just completely unacceptable of things that have evolved over the years, but a lot of people have, but it's all been worth it because this is where it is now. And that's kind of what everybody's been fighting for. Yeah. And Julie, you must've seen this over the course of your career too, like the stature of the women's game now, the amount of interest in it, the fans that turn up for games and every, the lionesses too, and you're a former lioness. I mean, what the scale of change must be shocking over the, your career. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just talking like Rianne said, like I played to play when I first joined um, football and obviously when I was in the senior football. But again, it, it's the point that you made then about like you have to ask for a lot of stuff. And I say credit to West Ham because when I first come here and obviously we was based in Rush Green and then we moved to Chadwell, like for me, for a club who'd only been in the WSL for one year to give the women their own building, that that wasn't really heard of. Chelsea was the only one really at that time who had their own building um, yeah, at their training ground. So for me, that was, obviously, mm. I was taken aback by that because it just showed you the commitment and that's what women should have. The women should have their own building, you know. If the men got their own building, the women should. So, so that's credit to West Ham as well. Yeah. And a quick word on England. You mentioned England there and the, the Euros triumphs and we've just come past the World Cup and it felt like, again, with what the Lionesses have achieved on the pitch, the women's game has gone up another level just recently too. Do you feel like that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, you know, when you actually get all of the performance services behind the players, it's not really surprising that they're able to achieve more, you know, and that's why things have taken such a positive step forward. When you actually add value to the nutrition, to the sports science, and you actually have people that understand the game at an elite level, players are really working as hard as anybody in any top sport, you know. So it 
it's not really surprising that the achievements that are being made are down to those factors, you know. Um, so I think for me, the way that the game's evolved has been great. I think there's still loads to do. There's definitely still some gaps in the game that we need to try and evolve. But the, the kind of identity of it and the way people have been drawn to the game has definitely helped to elevate the status, which now gives us another platform from which to springboard from again. And that's just been every time there's been a tournament where we've you know done a little bit better, then it kind of opens the doors a little bit more and then a little bit more. And essentially, you know, I think the performances in the World Cup, by the way, were were really, really good, but for a completely different reason to the Euros, because they had to find ways to win against very difficult teams when things weren't going their way. That's a sign of a very good team. And actually everything was quite smooth at the Euros in general, but it definitely wasn't at the World Cup. And so that just, that, I think that's also a sign of things to come from this Lioness side. West Ham women are in action at Chigwell Construction Stadium on Sunday the 5th of November at 3pm. Take advantage of our special offer with tickets at just £6 for adults and £2 for juniors. To buy, go to eticketing.co.uk slash WHUFC or call 0333 030 It's not just on the pitch as well. There's a lot of opportunities for females in the sport now, like WSL female coaches and you're a female manager, obviously. And then there's the board, like West Ham are three female board members. There's so many opportunities for women within the the game now. Yeah. And I think that it's just got to keep going that way. You know, it's always people qualified to do the job at the highest level, right? But certainly we need to make sure that people are being given the opportunities. And as a football club, it's one of the reasons why I felt like it was the right fit to come here was because of Baroness Karen Brady, Tara Warren and Nicola Key. Because obviously in terms of the way that the team's trying to be moved forward within the wider club, that's something that's really aspirational. You know, Jilly's point about the training grounds and the, the building is absolutely spot on. There's still people who can't go in the gym. If the men's team go in the gym in the WSL, that still happens, you know, but not, not here. And so those are the steps that are really important to help keep moving things forward. And it sort of says a lot about where the club is and how the club wants to drive the women's team forward. Oh, brilliant stuff. Let's talk about this season. I wanted to kind of walk through the, the game so far, but I maybe wanted to start by kind of asking you about your philosophy, how you want West Ham to play your kind of, don't give away the secrets, but how do you, <laughs> how do you, want, how do you want this West Ham team to play? So I've got a real clear vision of like football being in the, uh, an attacking, positive, creative style of play. And I think one of the biggest things that I noticed when I was a young coach was that things were very patterned and you'll probably remember this, right? It's from A to B to C yeah. to D. And I never got on board with it because what happens if that doesn't look like that? So I've always been really interested in making decision makers in players, people who understand the game and can therefore make the right decisions as to what's appropriate given whatever time and space is available to them or whatever the other team's strategy is in out of possession or whatever. So I think, you know, for me, it's about really, really good quality control of the game through possession and being able to do it with a purpose. So it's not passing for passing sake. It's passing it with a purpose to create goal scoring opportunities, dependent on what spaces you're given by the other team and as being able to recognize that at the right time. So that's kind of that side of it. But then 
and Julie will definitely appreciate this. I was a centre back as well, so I'm like no nonsense. So you know, if, you, if you're coming anywhere near me, there's good. You know, you're not getting through, right? Yeah. So, so we've got to be really hard to beat, and we've got to want to do that side of the game as well. So hard work's a non-negotiable for me. Maybe that's a northern thing as well. I don't know, but you know, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it, really. That's exciting, Gillian, to hear a West Ham manager talk like that. Yeah, because I think for me, obviously, I mean, I spent four years here and I, it, it was a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, and I think at times when I was here, I got frustrated because I sort of had the standards that I had got from Arsenal and Chelsea and mm. I bought it here. And mm. there was not many, not only many players who, who believed in it as well, but it was a struggle to get people to have that. So I think I've always been with, with a, a London player too and obviously being a centre-back. I've got that, I'd say, aggressive side of me. But that's what I think West Ham is. It should be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. People should fear coming to, to West Ham. And I think, obviously, last season was a difficult season for the club. Um, and there's so much potential for this club. You took even off the pitch in regards to the facilities and the support to be a lot higher than where they've been finishing. So I think for, obviously, you, obviously I've worked with you before. So I know what you'll bring to the team, but it's just refreshing, I think, for someone to want to get West Ham up where they deserve to be. Yeah. Let's let's talk about, let's walk through the season a little bit. Our opening game was at home to Man City. Tough game. We went down 2-0, but one of our big stars, Mackenzie Arnold, new captain in goal, made a string of unbelievable saves and also mm. saved the penalty as well. And she's going to be big for us this season, right? Yeah. And, do you know, it was... A, I, I, I'm, all the staff, like we spoke about this, it was a game too soon for us, actually, in terms of being ready, because obviously the international break just before it, we'd not had people back that long. I'd not been in that long and progress had been made, but we knew it was maybe just because we're changing so much, especially around the philosophy, the belief and the confidence takes a bit of time, you know, to come. And it's definitely improved, but going into that game, first game of the season, is a, a lot to ask of players when you're actually changing the way that we're playing, you know, to go, okay, well, there you go, go and do that against Man City now, you know, <laughs> first game of the season. It's tough. So really what we learned in that game, though, was that there were spells where we did all the things that we've been working on in pre-season. And when we did it, we were effective, but we didn't do it enough. And so obviously they reverted to type a little bit in some spells of the game. And so it was a really good opportunity to kind of clarify our identity a little bit actually and go, These are, this is what it looks like when we do what we're trying to do. And this is what it looks like when we don't. Which one do you want to be? And that's kind of been what's changed since that point really. So every game helps you in different ways as long as you're prepared to look at it objectively. And that's kind of where that, that came from really within that game. Yeah. And then up next, Brighton away. 2-0 victory. Rico Ueki scores an unbelievable headed goal to seal the victory. And mm -hmm. she only just joined um, last month, right? How's she settling in? She's doing brilliantly. You know, she's she's really intelligent as well, Rico. So she's catching on with English really, really quickly. <laughs> and um, she's infectious in terms of her personality. She's so bubbly. She cannot wait to get on the pitch every day. She does axles and decels with a massive grin on her face. I mean, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just really, really happy to be here. And um, she's uh, really good mates with Hono. So obviously the two of them, they're living together as well. So that helps, I think, to just settle in. Um, and that's something that's important to us to help players to settle settle in easier is people that you know and you can sort of associate with a little bit easier. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I've played against her, like I've had teams that have played against her. So I've been watching her for quite a while. 
And unfortunately, she's put goals past me as well. Which, <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, she's better with us than against us. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, but no, I think she's settled in really, really well. Uh, physically, the game's a bit different here. So they'll, they'll no doubt she'll need a little bit longer. But actually, she hit the ground running really with goals. And yeah, so she's a real exciting talent. Yeah, she's one of the few games I've watched, like unbelievable. Such an exciting player. Exactly the kind of player you want to go watch uh, play football. And then up next, play Charlton, the WSL Cup. I thought, what character from the team? They go goal down. And then we, it, feels, it feels like one of those games where oh, it's just not our night. But, but the, the girls throw such character, come back and win it 2-1. Izzy Atkinson scores the winner. Unbelievable finish once mm. again. Yeah. Um, what a night that was. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was a three-game week as well. So we'd come off the back of the Brighton game where, if I'm honest, the last 20 minutes of that Brighton game, we were digging in. We were doing all of the stuff that me and Jilly like to do in the game, the bodies, the blocking, the, all of those things. And because we, the players were desperate to keep a clean sheet. So there was a huge amount of character shown in the last 20 minutes of that Brighton game. We then go into Charlton. We don't start well. And then we conceded a goal. And all of a sudden, there was a reaction to that. And so coming from behind is something that they talk about that they probably wouldn't have had that resilience last season in terms of their own mindset. Um, and that's something we've been trying to work on a lot. Never say die, fight till the end. That has to be the norm here. You know, that is what West Ham, uh, what I associated with West Ham having never, you know, been here, but from the outside looking in, that was always something that I think the club stands for, you know? So um, we've worked on that a lot and that's kind of what, then obviously started to change the landscape in the game. We got a foothold in the game. We started to control it a little bit more. Nobody wobbled after the goal. We all kind of went, hang on a minute. No, we're not having this. And then it changed. And, you know, the squad is doing its job in the context of coming on, having an impact, creating chances. And we managed to win the game. Yeah. And then up next, there's not going to be many tougher fixtures this year than Chelsea away, the reigning WSL champions. And... We, we lose 2-0, but it made me think that the WSL is so strong now. You've got like Sam Kerr plays for Chelsea and, and Lauren James. The quality of the opposition is incredible in this league. And I, I wanted to, there's surely no easy games in a league like this. No, not at all, but fear no one. It's 11 v 11 at the end of the day. You've got to, you know, you've got to go out there and give the best possible account of yourself every single time because that's what the league demands. And that's, you know, that's what everybody wanted though. The way that the game's evolved for all players, that's what you want, isn't it? To be tested, to be challenged, to be playing at the highest level. So really you have to stand up and be counted when it matters. And I think for as much as the result wasn't what we wanted, we created a couple of really good chances. We made them wobble a little bit. Um, you know that with the quality, they're going to make life tough for you if you don't kind of get a head start in the game, really. Um, but the performance overall, walking off the pitch, everybody could see how much progress we'd made. And um, players are feeling it, you know, that, that the things that they're trying to do we can, we can play and we can hold our own and we're going to make life tough for people over the course of the season. And then most recently this last weekend, one all draw with Liverpool and it was a last minute equaliser from us to break the Merseyside hearts. And lovely it was <laughs> at the uh, Chigwell Construction Stadium. That must have been a really satisfying point. Well, if I told you that every single member of staff and player in the dugout was on the pitch after that goal was scored, <laughs> that sums it up. You know, but look, I mean... We, we didn't start that well, actually, you know, in the first half. I changed a couple of things at half time because I just felt like we could have been more aggressive in terms of how we pressed. And um, yeah, look, we 
fought till the end. You know, the last 20 minutes of the game was our best spell in the game. And um, again, finishers having an impact in centre mid, in up front, you know. So we've got players that are prepared to come in ready and have an impact on on what happened really in the game. And and I think that's definitely where we want to be able to go moving forward. So I mentioned about bodies on the line blocks and committing to the cause for a clean sheet against Brighton. And then against Liverpool, we're doing everything to try and put the ball in the back of the net, you know, and and I think the players 100% deserve the draw out of the game. Yeah, I mean, that li they're literally throwing their body at the ball in the last minute to get it across the yeah. line. Julie, I wanted to ask about the West Ham support because like that game against Liverpool where we scored a last minute equaliser, the, the stadium is still full of West Ham fans. And what does it mean to play for a club like West Ham and how much support do you get from the fans? Oh, you get loads. Um, and I think uh, that's what I found, I think, toughest leaving West Ham was because I knew that I was going, but I couldn't say anything to the fans. So at the end of the game, the fans are coming over and they're like, I'm, I mean, I'm sobbing my eyes out when I, at the end of the game. And they're thinking, why are you getting so upset for? Like, it's only the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? But I think they, they were such a huge support and they really, especially at Dagenham, they're like your 12th player. And yeah. I, even when we played here, we played here against Man United and we were drawing 2-2 and we scored um, a goal in the last couple of minutes to make it 3-2. And it was, the roar in Rush Green was, oh, it was amazing. And everyone's knee sliding. I think Leanne Keenan got sent <laughs> off and was running on. Like, it was one of our best nights at the club. But yeah, I think they're so important, especially when you're trying to push for a winner in a game um, or a push for a goal. They're huge, especially at Dagenham. Yeah, have you found that, Rianne, the strength of the West Ham support? Yeah. Do you know what? I was actually really surprised because obviously I played here, um, but at the same time, I didn't really understand or appreciate just how uh, supportive, loud, like, you know, committed the fans are. And um, now that I've been here and obviously we had our, our first game here was Bristol game pre-season. And at that moment, I sort of took a step back at the end of the game and I thought, right, okay, <laughs> this is going to be really helpful. Like, because it was just so positive. Um and yeah, it's just been just, you can constantly hear them and it just gives such a massive like inspirational boost to the players on the pitch. And they talk about it a lot, you know, and yeah, so we're massively grateful for the support that we have. And Rianne, you've said in interviews, I noticed that you feel like this is a process at West Ham that's going to take a bit of time. And you mentioned there, you're starting to see the improvement. So how confident are you that we're going to see even more improvement over the next few months? Uh, really, really um, committed to that. I think, uh, obviously, in terms of the players, they've when I've come in, they've had a completely open mindset to the changes and willing to learn, working really hard. So I think if you've got that, you know, you're definitely going to improve because at no point, there's no egos in the building where everyone, anyone thinks they've made it. And I think that's so important. It's like, no, 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 we want to dig in. We want to make sure that we play to our absolute max for the fans every single week. How can I get better at this? What can I do about this? And so obviously from a technical staff perspective, we're spending a lot of time making sure that the roles are really clear so people can perform at their absolute max every single week so they know what the job is and it's easier then to perform within that. So I think we'll only see forward movements from the players and naturally football's highs and lows, right? We'll lose games, we'll win games, we'll draw games. That's just football. But what you'll constantly see is the way that we're going about it won't change. We'll be working really hard. If we get something wrong, we'll be trying to fix it. And then we'll be moving forward from that. Yeah. Julie, does this tempt you out of retirement? Oh, no. 
<laughs> no, definitely not. I'm, I'm happy to just be a supporter from the side and, and watch from a distance. Are you going to come to games? Well, you're you, in a professional capacity now. You're a yes, it, I mean, I, I did go to the uh, Chelsea game, which I was pleased about because it was, out of all the commentaries I've done, that was the first West Ham one. Um, so you have to go into the whole rhythm of making sure you don't say we when you commentate because obviously like <laughs> yeah. you do have a natural tendency to do that. But I said, obviously, I think, and I said it on Sky, that I think that that was the best that I've seen West Ham play against a Chelsea team from even when I was here. Um, the confidence of playing out from the back and one, two touch football bopping it around. And yeah, it was really pleasing to see. So Fingers crossed and get a couple come to a couple more games. Um, maybe in a fan's perspective as well, get in with the crowd. Yeah, definitely. And if you're a West Ham fan listening to this and you haven't been to support the women's team yet, get yourself down to the Chigwell Construction Stadium because we've got such an exciting team, as Rihanna's outlined there. And the the, the quality of the superstars we've got on display is just brilliant. Eticketing.co.uk forward slash WHUFC. I'm going to ask you one final question, Rianne, which is the what is your ambition for this season? What 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 are you hoping to achieve by the end of it? Well, I think there's a couple of things. We have to grow the squad a little bit more. We have to try and get more players in the building that help us to move forward in the way that we want to go for the future. And then the other part of it is we just need to be consistent with what we're trying to deliver. And it does take time to build that. So if we're performing week in, week out, the way that we've started right now, the results will take care of themselves. And that's kind of where we need to try and be aiming for is that we're actually able to deliver on the West Ham way all the way through the season and then we can build on it from there. Yeah, we'll take that, won't we, Julie? Yeah, lovely. Lovely to hear. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Rianne. Thank you. And superb co-hosting job, Julie. Thanks. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back there. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Ironcast. So until then, come on you irons. Podcast Network.